This is Song. And this is Sarah. This is Epping Ethical, where we try to make sense of all the choices facing consumers every day. Welcome back to Effing Ethical. We are into our second season and have Abigail Shi with us again. This time we have a discussion about how 2020 was really an inflection point for all of us and how it's changed our priorities going forward. Um, this episode was recorded before Christmas 2020, so there's no commentary or thought on the really challenging first weeks of 2021. So 2020 is coming to a close. We have, what, less than two weeks left. It feels unreal. It feels like, you know, (laughs) yeah, it feels like we just celebrated the coming of 2020 like a month ago, and it feels like it was 10 years ago at the same time um, because it was just so intense. And there were so many shocks and changes and and pivots, and um, it just transformed our way of living um of like seeing the world and i just wanted to take you know some time for us to kind of reflect on that but yeah to start yeah i was wondering if we can maybe share just a moment or some moments that kind of wrecked us so i you know it, it's it's i feel like in every area like every aspect of my personal life. Um, it's just like, it's been one thing after another. Um, like, you know, I have dear friends who are family who've like lost fathers and whether it was because like hospitals were over flooded and therefore they couldn't get the treatment they needed in time. Um, or whether it's because they passed away due to a totally non COVID related, you know, a reason, but because of like health and safety measures, they, you know, their family couldn't be with them to say goodbye, like whatever it is, just um, the enormous amount of just like personal tragedy to people that were closest to me, um, I think was, was really hard. And, you know, on top of that, right, like there, you know, the, the loss of some of the greats, (laughs) you know, Kobe and Chadwick and RBG um, was really hard. And, you know, scandals in the church that I used to attend way back when. And um, I don't know, it was just like, it felt like a lot this year. But yeah, um, on the flip side, like moments that brought me joy and, and hope, of course, historic numbers of voters, right, casting their ballots, um, the highest turnout since like 1900, I think, which although, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a comparable um, statistic, because hello, back then, (laughs) the voters that were eligible to vote didn't include um, any of us on this call. Um, yeah, right. Like no women, no black indigenous people of color. So I don't know that that's like a fair comparison. But um, yeah, that was really just really, I, I guess, strengthening to um, to see. And I think on a personal note, um, some of like my most thoughtful and badass friends, like looking at you, Stephen Eduardo, Arlene and Cesar, if you're listening, um, but they have brought into and will be bringing into the world very soon 
um, children who I know will be so loved and, you know, so, yeah, um, their upbringing will be so intentional. And um, I'm like really excited about the new generation of like badassery that's going to be coming into the world. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's really actually brought me hope. Um, so. I love that. Thank you for sharing those song. Um, I think for me, so it's hard to pick like a moment. Um, cause the whole year has just felt really overwhelming in a lot of ways. And I think it's for, it's felt very personal because, um, as previously mentioned more than once already. <laughs> um, Song and I both graduated this spring and I had every intention of having employment lined up far before I graduated. So I started really recruiting for full-time work in November and um, really did that for like 12 whole months and just completely burned myself out and didn't didn't really feel like I had, I don't think there's anything else I would have done, you know, in hindsight, right? Maybe I just wouldn't, would have waited. Um, but that's just not something that I and my personality can do. I always had to be working towards it. And what that ultimately did was, um, kind of dampen my ability to feel a lot of the other sadness of what was happening. Um, because I was just, I had this, what felt like a very long personal crisis, Um, but also felt very unfair, right? I am a like middle-class white woman who grew up in like an evangelical church. Like I have every privilege in this U.S., in in this country, except, you know, usually men mansplaining things to me is like usually the worst thing that I have to deal with. And I have family and support systems. I was never in, you know, a financial situation where I was really hurting. Like I was always okay. Um, and yet this like very personal inability to secure employment overshadowed my own feelings about what was happening in the world. Um, and so that was really, it was really hard to not, to, to like see it and feel it and understand it, but like not in the way that I would have, that I would have wanted to, right. That I would have wanted to be able to say like, those are the things that are worth grieving for, um, momentarily or for long periods of time. And so I think that that is probably how I'll remember the year um, is like not not even having the like depth of feeling towards these really sad things as as I would have wanted to. Um, but as far as like kind of like joy and new hope, um, I definitely agree as far as like little moments, like when I went and voted in person early, that felt awesome and really exciting um, and sort of supporting um, flipping Arizona. Um, it was really exciting to be there during that time. Um, and yeah, I think that some of the others, I spent a lot of time outside this year. I like grew up in the mountains. I've always like gone hiking and camping and backpacking. Um, but I've lived in major cities for the last few years on the East coast where those things are not nearly as accessible. And so I felt really fortunate to, have left the East Coast for the year, basically, um, traveling around, living all over, but have spent a ton of time climbing outside and hiking. And I think that those are the moments um, when I'm out in nature where life feels like it will be better because there's bi- there's like bigger things happening than like humans being shitty to each other. 
I feel like I agree with Sarah in that I've just more mainly dealt with like personal crisis <laughs> um, this year. Um, like it seems so small on such a small scale, like deciding what to major in or um, what my future career will be, which is like such a privileged crisis to have. But I, yeah, I've been really fortunate to not be personally affected by um, the pandemic that much um, because I'm also, you know, I'm living with my parents, so I don't have to worry about any financial situations. Um, and I don't have to worry even about like remote school or learning because I'm not in school right now. Um, but it has been emotionally exhausting to see all that has went down this year. Um, I think that and, like, coming to terms with, uh, areas in which I lack and, like, my own ignorance, um, and then having to push past that and just educate myself and do better, I think that was also one of the hardest challenges, but I'd say what gives me hope is, like, I feel like I've grown a lot this year. Um, and I've had a lot of time to focus on myself and I, I feel like I wouldn't call myself an activist yet, but I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm more aware of the world and more willing to do something. Um, and it, it's all the small moments, like both of you said, um, like I've been voting, I mean, I've been working with, uh, voter rights and it's nice to see like like high voter turnout um, it's nice to see that like mail-in voting and early voting this year have been like given so much leniency in states across the U.S. and hopefully we'll be able to make that more permanent um, so it's more accessible to everyone in the future in all future elections um, and I mean also just seeing like for myself, um, such a big push for change from my generation and seeing how that's been recorded, like, in all of the major media outlets, you know? Um, and I feel like that feels very monumental and it feels like we're getting somewhere and that, you know, the future might be brighter. Amen to that. Yeah, I feel like kind of going off of that because it's talking to the future. So just a question for everyone, like how how might priorities change in into 2021, right? And how might they be different than this year? And I think it's kind of hard, right? Because this year just like literally threw everyone for a loop. Um, I think to sort of personally say some of some of the changes, which I think are from 2020. So my background and, and experience, I worked mostly internationally and I took classes while in school um, on foreign policy. It's it's just like the stuff that really interests me kind of academically. And I like thinking through these like really complicated policies with, you know, sovereign nations who have to come to some sort of agreement um, because they have a negative impact on each other or whatever. Um, but this year really made me think so much more about national policy. Um, and I've started working um, a little bit more um, in the domestic arena um, 
And yeah, so I think at least for me, thinking like how priorities would have changed. For me, it's really like my pre-2020 and post, at least for a little bit. Um, I think I'm just a lot more influenced to think about, care about, and try to do things about what's happening domestically. Um, But at the same time, going back to our earlier conversation, you know, using my experience working internationally, thinking about what goes on in other countries to sort of continue to advocate for Americans, like not thinking about themselves only, right? Like to look at our problems and what are things we can do about it, but also how can we be good, good world citizens? um, And what does that mean for like building international relationships? Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like this year has been, um, for all of the craziness, I feel like it's been a time where we did have the space in some sense to like reflect on, it was like an inflection point for all of us. And so um, there's like an element of, okay, how do we bring the selves that we were or we thought we were up until 2020? And, um, and, and how do we like, make that make that identity like more authentically our own like in in this new reality right like in this new world and in this um like personal situations that we find ourselves in in the state of the the country in the state of the world and um i've had also kind of a sharpish pivot um recently and you know i used to as, as you know we've mentioned a few times on the show like i come from like the human rights legal space um, and I went to business school, really not knowing exactly where I wanted to end up, but knowing that I wanted to um, have an impact and, and learn how to have an impact in a way that like actually felt more, more personal and more me. Um, and what that meant was doing a lot of just like soul searching and figuring out exactly, right, like who I am right now. I am, you know, building a company that um, is, you know, our vision is to address some of the starkest inequalities in health um, today, like around the world, but also in the U.S. And I, you know, like as I mentioned earlier, I've like worked on so many different kind of issue areas and, and different things that have like captured my um, my attention and and my heart, right? Like over my lifetime. Um, but I've, I've realized that like really the through line for all of that um, in the things that I'm like good at or the, the, the platform that I have is just like I love to like uplift the stories that aren't told, right? The uplift and, um, and amplify voices um, of, of the stories that, that just like aren't told. Um, and as a reason, they're mar- and, and as a result, they're you know marginalized and, um, they don't have the resources allocated to them. And yeah, I want to focus a lot more on being intentional about, yeah, building bridges on the things that I'm working on now to the things that I have cared about and I still do care deeply about um, in, in my in my previous work and in, in, in that world. And using my platform as somebody who has been in different, like, networks and different circles of, um, of activists and whatnot to like really bring people together, um, to create just like a, like kind of a larger movement. Right. And then on a personal level, so 
yesterday I was on, um, on a radio show and like old school, like AM, FM radio, I got the question of like, okay, building this company, what have been some personal challenges? And, and that just, it took me by surprise. And I like had to take a moment to think about it because right when we're so busy, just like building, building or right, like creating impact, impact and like scaling, scaling and, you know, whatever, um, you forget that you have a personal life and, and that um, there are people right um, around you who, uh, yeah, who like kind of have to bear that burden a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think that coming into 2021, I really want to do right by the people who have been supportive of my journey. Um, and I feel so lucky that um, I've always kind of gotten to, to work on the things that I want to work on and um, to have the kind of impact that I that I want to have and, and whatnot. But that has certainly sometimes come at the cost of like my family or my partners. And um, I just want to make sure that that I prioritize the people closest to me um, in this upcoming year and not letting like my work or my own personal like impact take precedence over over that. So. Um, wow, that was really good. <laughs> I'm just still soaking up everything you said there. I agree with a lot of it. And you brought up some points that I haven't even thought of. Um, okay. I'd say for my priorities going into 2021, I feel like I am definitely more aware of intersectionality now. And that's something that I think a lot about um, in anything that I do or, or any cause that I um, support or am actively doing something about. Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'd say my main priority is making an effort to make, you know, being conscientious and um, mindful a habit and making more like activism behavior a habit, even if I am not an activist. Mm -hmm. um, because I am still developing my habits and my identity. So I think it's really important and crucial um, at the stage for me to sort of like put that in my foundation and make sure that it doesn't get lost as I get even more busy with my life um, and make sure that this is something that I prioritize and that stays with me um, no matter what cause I you know decide to support throughout my life. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I love how you framed like activism as a habit. And, you know, you keep saying you're not an activist, but I think that I would disagree. <laughs> um, I think you very much are. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate your reflections on that. I have just one final kind of question for all of us. Um, and I think Abigail, you started to answer some of this actually, but what are, um, yeah, what are your hopes for the distant future, both like personally, both for yourself and maybe also just like 
for the world that you want to see? That's such a hard question. It's like, (laughs) how do you pick one thing? Um, I don't know whether to be realistic or just be like, oh, I really (laughs) hope that in the future, like the prison system is completely abolished. Like we've completely rebuilt it from the ground. Like, (laughs) Totally. It's like, where do we even start? Um, I like that. I think, I think big is like the right answer. I was thinking, um, so with my job before, when I was working for the government, um, it just felt like things felt so obvious to me, right? Like, like supply chain, supply chain things where it's like, well, of course you should care that the place that you get your coffee beans or whatever from like are barely making a living wage or they're not even making a living wage. Right. Um, I think for me, it's, it would be like a universal understanding that worker rights should be respected period. And, you know, we can continue forever to debate what like a minimum wage should be or what like a living wage should be. And I am totally prepared to have that debate for like the rest of my life. But I think that like for especially like Americans and Europeans who traditionally have like pushed off the externalities of um, consumerist culture onto other countries to just have a like heightened level of understanding that like no workers in any country um, and their safety and their pay and their respect and the people who are like associated with these um, manufacturing or other um, companies just like deserve respect, like period. And and it's okay if we don't figure it out, but we're no longer thinking of like, well, we can just offshore the externalities and things are fine. It's like, no, we just can't. We just have to understand that these are all stakeholders that we have to think about. Yeah, I feel like 2020 just really highlighted and amplified a lot of the issues that were present, but like maybe somewhat hiding from plain view. Um, and I, you know, like, again, like, how, where do we even start in terms of the, the world that we want to see and the things that um, we hope for in the, the distant future? But um, I guess the one that I like, just because this is what I've, you know, been spending like 12 hours a day working on is just um, a world where everyone like A, has access to like quality, basic healthcare. Um, But, you know, because I think we've, like, 2020 has shown, if not anything else, just like how important and broken healthcare systems are. um, And just like systemic injustices that are in bred in all of our institutions, um, how that contributes to the the difference and difference in health and difference in prognosis and difference in quality of life um, for communities. I, I, I think, yeah, A, that people, like that it won't, right, like healthcare, quality healthcare won't hinge on like what country you happen to be born in or whether or not you have some fancy job that can provide, um, right, like good insurance for you or whatever it is you kind of understood and accepted as a universal right. Um, and also that, and, and yeah, and that's, I think that's the second piece is just that it won't be like something that we have to debate. Like, 
um, and that people will be will live in a world where you know people have an open mind to why right like when you vote for things or when you um, stand on one um, one side or the other of a policy it's not for kind of personal gain reasons or um, because of what you think will benefit you but um, this understanding that what benefits everyone is actually what benefits you not just the thing that you think will put more dollars in your pocket or something like that. Um, and I think like the hope for my own kind of personal distant future, um, I don't think is necessarily like, I don't have some, you know, perfect job in mind or like a perfect family structure in mind or something like that. But I, I, I think something that I hope for myself personally is that I have learned my lesson in, um, what it means to be like sustainably an activist, right? And that I will like prioritize sanity and um, <laughs> my own mental health as I, you know, hopefully continue to like fight for the things that I care about and the things that I um, find to be meaningful. Um, and also to, to be, um, continue to kind of like seek out and have hard conversations with people um, and friends um, across the table um, and to like, yeah. And, and, you know, come to a stage where like building bridges, quote unquote, building bridges, isn't like a job description or, you know, something that I say in an interview, but something that I'd like continue to do um, in, in my personal. I think personally for me too, I'd like to, learn how to better have hard conversations and uncomfortable conversations as well as like uncomfortable self-reflections um and I think those are really important and necessary um and also I just want to I mean I I want to find a career that I can help people in without losing my sanity um I want to, I don't want to burn out. I just want to be able to find something that I'm passionate in and interested in while also, you know, um, making sure that somewhere that I can like make sure that it's accessible and as equitable as possible. Um, whether that be in journalism, um, in writing articles or biomedical engineering, um, <laughs> which I'm currently enrolled in for. Um, and I guess just on a let's dream big scale, uh, I guess also a future where we've overhauled all of these archaic systems that, you know, people will be like, oh yeah, I want everybody to have rights and, um, have healthcare, but that's not possible because capitalism, um, and um, you know, the implicit bias and systemic racism that exists um, in healthcare and in all of all of the areas of our lives. I would just like um, a future where that isn't so predominant and that's not like the norm. Um, I guess that's also just like, it's dreaming very, very, very big, but... <laughs> But I think, so one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, and I said this at the beginning, and I don't know if, how you two would respond to it, but I think maybe this is like a good sort of ending thought, but 
um, for me, like I said, I didn't think of myself as an activist and I've just really learned to appreciate the role of activism, um, and the role of being the person or the organization sort of who's like at the most sort of front pushing the direction of a policy, um, or, or of any change. Right. And I think that what's the reason why there's a lot of burnout is because you're never seeing full success, right? Because like you're at the front of it and you're like bringing along these like massive infrastructures. Um, but, but you need people who are out there pushing them. Right. So I think that like stating these big goals and saying like, we want to continue to push these institutions towards it, um, is important, but I think it's just as important to say like, it might never happen, but it doesn't make it not worth continuing to push everything in that direction. Yeah. And I think with like, you know, another kind of thing about not burning out and just like the impossibilities of like, um, of the, like the seeming impossibilities of like the behemoth that you're trying to change is, is, you know, definitely something that drives one towards burnout, but you know, like the only way to really counteract that I think is, is by supporting one another, right? Like I can't underscore enough, like how much, you know, strength there is in in solidarity. And so, yeah, I think, I think one way that we can be an activist without being the kind of activist that I think, um, you know, without being like a, you know, boots on the ground, like, you know, um, activist with a microphone is, is, by supporting her friends who are in the fight, right? And I just like cannot underscore that enough. And so um, I, yeah, appreciate like the conversations that we've had here. And and I feel like, um, yeah, it's just like, it's it's just like a warm space. Um, And so I'm grateful to the two of you for this conversation. Thank you so much, Abigail, for joining us um, and sharing your thoughts. It's been it's honestly been really encouraging to me to hear from you at your point, kind of figuring out what you're going to do with your career, right? What you're majoring in in school, what your priorities are. Um, I think that it, it like puts kind of where I am in at this point of my career into a lot of perspective. Um, and just makes me remember that there's, there's like a lot of energy. Um, I think in the generation younger than me, um, in like a really positive way. And I think that my, my hope for the future and, and hopefully you can be a leader in this is like, how do Gosh. you, well, but like, how do you become the, the activist that is like sustainable? Like song was saying, right? Like, how do you figure out the things that are important to you, whatever you decide to do with your career and not, um, and not burn out with like the weight of changing the whole world on your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I would love to get a concrete answer on that but I guess it's something that we all have to individually work out and it's also kind of a personal thing I feel like Mm -hmm. that it varies for each person um Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad that my perspective could help or add something new and thank you again for inviting me this has been a wonderful experience I really enjoyed talking to both of you um and I mean in the future I would love to hear more about like the specifics of your careers and what led you both to business school. (laughs) Oh man, that is, that is quite the conversation. I think it's more dramatic for song than it was for me. (laughs) I didn't actually just like burn out and shut down for a few, 
few months. Um, but it was certainly a transition. So would definitely love to continue that conversation um, again. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Effing Ethical. As usual, we would love to hear from you. Uh, what topics are you interested in? What are your thoughts about our thoughts? Really anything. Um, you can email us at hello at songandsarah.com or find us on Instagram at F-I-N-G underscore ethical.